Well, here we are. After one year looking at the Lord's Prayer, we are at the point where we are going to be looking at the doxology. That's the final phrase. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And what a great phrase it is. We're going to take a deeper look at that. It coming up on Storming the Gates. Welcome to Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer. You will be inspired, equipped, and find strength for every battle you face. Hello! It is so good to be back. It's been just a little while, but there's a good reason for that. I went to Israel. That's right, I went to Israel. I have never been overseas in my life and it was completely amazing. Really interesting because in January, I had had an incredible prayer time with the Lord. And in part of this prayer time, I saw an angel standing like in the mountains or in the hills, blowing this long trumpet. And I thought, what is that about? It was shortly after that, I had a friend invite me to go to Israel. And there's a lot of uncertainty about whether or not I could go at first. But the minute she said, okay, yes, it's going to work out for you to go, um, I remembered that. I remembered that picture I had in my mind while I was praying for the world that day. And I thought, that's what that was about. I am being called to Israel to pray. And that is how I felt, like God wanted me there to pray. The thing was that I went there and it was amazing. It's beyond anything I could, you know, describe. But a few days in, I got sick very sick. Somehow I was able to participate in everything we were doing and had a marvelous time. But at night, I'd be completely zapped of energy. I was posting some videos on Instagram, just praying for Israel. Um, But after a while, I couldn't even do that. (laughs) Anyway, I did have a fantastic time. I'm going to tell you a few of the key moments here in a second. But I finally am rebounding enough to catch up on all the things that I haven't done including my final Lord's Prayer podcast. Yippee! All right, this journey has been a year or so in the making. All right, let me share three quick stories from Israel. One of them is really cool and interesting. So we were at the garden tomb, and it was a beautiful day, bright blue skies, not a cloud in sight. And one of the gals from our group, and there were over 300 I obviously did not know everyone. We were all in different buses, but I did get to know the people on my bus very well. So a gal from another bus took a picture at the garden tomb. And when she looked at it on her phone, she saw it had this incredible light that just went straight into the tomb. And my friend from my bus saw that and took a picture of her picture. But she never looked at it again till dinner time. And at dinner time, she was like, you guys, come here, come here. We all gathered around her real quick. And she showed me the first picture of the light going straight into the tomb. And then the picture that she took of that picture clearly had an angel in it. That's all I can say. You'd have to see it. There's no other explanation. It's an angel. (laughs) The funny thing is that when I was in the garden tomb and I was praying, I just put my hand inside it. It was as though something held my hand, not physically spiritually. And I pulled my hand back and I said to my friends in there with me at that time, there's angels here. So seeing that picture was kind of like, yeah, (laughs) that was a cool moment. Another thing was going to the Galilee. That was our very first day. And the Galilee was 
beautiful. But here's the thing. It was raining. I'm like, come on, God. I'm in Israel where it's like a desert and it's raining. And I was kind of bummed out. Like I thought God was ruining my day. But then our guide told us when we got onto our boat, he said, you are witnessing a miracle. The Galilee has been going down, just dropping, you know, in um, the amount of water for decades and to the point that they were discussing what to do. Do we bring water in from afar and fill it up? How do we do that? And trying to just think about how to do it. But this year, he said, we begin to get rain. He goes, rain at the end of April is completely unheard of in Israel. And currently, Israel is at its highest level in 28 years. And sure enough, I even took a picture of a palm tree that obviously began growing about 20 years ago. (laughs) And now it's like about three feet underwater. So that was really neat. And the real blessing was that it never rained on us. We were in those boats. We saw rain in the distance and we saw beautiful, you know, rays of light from the sun streaming through those clouds as we worshiped and heard a great message out there on the Sea of Galilee. Um, So I was thankful. I was thankful for those clouds. And then uh, one other quick thing I just want to tell you is we went to Shiloh. And of course, the natives there call it Shiloh. And what was beautiful about Shiloh is that it was a place where the first tabernacle was. It was where um, God called Samuel to be a prophet. The story was so moving that it just had us in tears. And from Shiloh, you, it's surrounded by hillsides full of green and growing things, vineyards and fruit and all kinds of vegetation. And the guide with us had been part of reestablishing this place of Shiloh. And he said to us, you are fulfilling a prophecy because you have come here to see this, which is what's prophesied in Jeremiah 31. And not only that, but all the green on the hillsides, that is a direct a prophetic fulfillment. I'm going to talk more about that in another podcast, but it was just so beautiful. And here's the thing for you and I, that if these things, these prophecies of many people coming into the land of Israel, of God causing the things to grow and for the vineyards to be planted on the hills and bringing his people back, then we can look up Because God said it would happen in the latter days, and that means our salvation is drawing near. And it's also encouraging, of course, to know that God fulfills every word of his uh, book, the Bible. Like Jesus said, not a jot or tittle. You know, heaven and earth will not pass away, right, until every jot and tittle is fulfilled. Okay, like I said, I'm going to save a little bit of that more for an upcoming podcast, but it was magnificent. If you can go to Israel do it, but stock up your body with tons of vitamins before you go. But right now we're going to return to the Lord's Prayer and we're going to look at the doxology. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. As I've been looking into this, it just makes me want to dance and rejoice because this is where we pause from our prayer and we consider God's ability to do that thing which we have asked. In this final phrase of the Lord's Prayer, we end by magnifying the Lord, like Psalm 34, 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Magnifying something enlarges the thing. So do we make God grow 
Like when Alice was eating a piece of magic mushroom? No, God is who he is. But what we do here is we magnify him in our own vision. We look closely at him and his ability to accomplish all that we have asked. And then it becomes very obvious that he is able to do that when we consider how great he is. And he is enlarged in our mind. Okay, so there's three phrases here. For thine is the kingdom. And I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I've thought about God's kingdom in the context of potential struggles we may face here. And the Lord impressed upon me that his children, who have been adopted through faith into his family, may live physically on earth, but we actually belong to another kingdom. And that is why the Bible calls us sojourners, that we're just a passing through. It's not our home. Philippians 3.20 and Hebrews 11.13 tell you this. And what it means is that there's inflation at the gas tank. That doesn't change our king's ability to provide. Oh, someone's sick on this earth? That's not going to stop him from accomplishing his will in our life. Oh, no, you failed. But guess what? God is still the king, and your failures can't stop him from what he wants to do in your life. Psalm 91 says, A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Only with your eyes will you look on and see the destruction of the wicked. That's because you are not of that realm. It's something to really begin to get a hold of. Recently, I was talking with someone who was very stressed and they were worried about some financial issues and they just really weren't seeing any way that God was going to be able to come through for them. And so even though they were going in the direction that they had felt led by God to go in, they were thinking, you know, maybe we were wrong. That wasn't the right direction. You're in God's kingdom. He's in charge and he has a plan and he has a way to take care of you. And that kingdom, which we declare in the Lord's Prayer, is the Lord's. He owns it. He cares for it. He's not going to let it fail. Psalm 46, 5 says, God is within her. She shall not fail. God will help her at break of day. And guess what? At the last minute, of course, God totally came through and surprised them. Alrighty, so next we declare that thine is the kingdom and the power. Ephesians 3.20, he is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. I mean, I'm a dreamer and I can dream big. And lately, it seems like God's been telling me, go ahead, dream big, ask big. Instead of tying God's hands with pitiful requests, Let's go as big as he is. You know that old saying, go big or go home, right? So don't think small. Decree and declare it. If he gives you a verse, declare it, decree it, put it out there. So what has he put in your heart? Jeremiah 32 verse 17 says, nothing is too difficult for him. Nothing. No, we don't automatically get whatever we ask when we ask. There's a whole lots of reasons that would not be a good thing. But the point is, he can do it. Nothing is too difficult. One of my pastors told me a funny story that I want to share with you that relates to this. 
He was out street preaching on U of M's campus when he saw a student approaching him. And as that student came towards him, God spoke in my pastor's heart and said, that young man is going to ask you if I can do anything. And if I can do anything, then can I create a rock that I can't lift? Well, Pastor Mike pointed at that young man and said, God told me what you plan to ask. And he said, the answer is, yes, I can make a rock too heavy for me to lift, but I'm not going to do it because I'm not stupid. (laughs) So if you wonder what the answer to that question is, now you know. But the man stopped in his tracks. He was shocked. And he nodded like, oh, yeah, that's exactly what I plan to ask. God has all the power. He can make rocks any size he wants. But that doesn't mean he will always do certain things with that power. The truth is he subdues his power continually for our sake. Unfortunately, more often, he does have to subdue his power. He's kind, and he always does the right thing based on the circumstances. That doesn't mean he doesn't have all the power, because he does. He has all the power. And that's the thing when we come to the Lord's Prayer, that we pray and we consider that. He has the power. He can do it. And you might just find yourself dancing as you think about it. And then it says, and the glory. Moses asked the Lord to show me your glory. And that probably reminded you of the third day song, show me your glory. What was Moses asking? The word glory here is kabod. And Strong's says it means weighty in a good way. Have you ever been in a place of worship and just wanted to kneel? I mean, sometimes I've not only wanted to kneel, but lay down or even crawl beneath a chair. And I'm not lying. I was at the initial house of prayer one time, just during a kind of like a little side class. And I had to crawl under a chair because the weight of God's glory was just on me. When we feel that heaviness, it draws us to our knees. And when you experience that, that's what you're experiencing. God's kabod, his glory. It's hard to define, isn't it? But it's the magnificence, the goodness of a thing. And it means honor and splendor and reverence. The Bible says the whole earth is full of his glory. We might look around and we see a lot of places where we wish we saw more of his glory, but we can see it. When I was in Capernaum, I sat by the lake. We were having like a quiet time and I forgot my phone. Well, that was horrifying. I'm never without my phone, especially in Israel. So many great pictures to take. And wouldn't you know, right then and there is when a cormorant or some sort of water bird just flew down, landed in front of me, and then he did a deep dive in the water and I was watching him swim. Oh man, I wanted my phone so bad. And it's like the Lord said to me, no, this is a moment for you and me to remember. I need to go without my phone a lot more often. But besides that, that's God's glory. His glory is seen in a cormorant diving into the water. It's seen in your backyard, in the blades of grass that are sprouting. I saw it today when a sparrow was bobbing around my yard. I was singing, even the sparrow, blah, blah, blah. It's a Matt Gilman song. And I opened my curtains and there's a sparrow. I just couldn't believe it. God is so cool. Anyway, those are the things that don't glorify you. God created them and he gets the glory. 
Besides that, answers to prayer don't make you special either. Answers to prayer show God is able to divinely orchestrate the entire universe to demonstrate to you his loving care. Another thing that shows God's glory is the sun rising over the lake. Oh man, the whole earth is filled indeed with God's glory. And the main point of this is it's not about us. Listen, it's not about how good or pretty or smart you are, but it's also not about how bad or ugly or what a failure you've been. It is about everyone seeing and knowing him and his glory. Revelation 4.11 says, Worthy are you, our Lord God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. And I also can't help but think about Romans 8.28, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So if you fall in that category, oh, and you do, provided you receive Jesus as your Savior, then his glory is on you and he is going to make sure everything works for good. And you'll experience that the more you submit and say yes to his will. And we can't forget this little ending here. Forever and ever, forever and ever. Have you ever just sat and thought about eternity? And it kind of blows you away to think, I'm going to live forever. Oh. Hebrews 13, 8 says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Things he did yesterday, he can do today. Things he did in the Bible, he is still doing. That is a pretty cool thought. Revelation 22, verse 12 through 13 says, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Listen, there's nothing on earth that happens or can happen that is not worth being with this powerful, loving, amazing God forever. I shared a while back that God once spoke to my heart when I was in a battle for my very soul. Whatever you do, make it to heaven. Forever is a long, long time. And here's the important thing that is here on this earth, that you choose where you are going to spend forever. Matthew 25, 46 says, some are going to go away into eternal punishment but the righteous will go into eternal life. That's the choice. Eternal punishment or eternal life forever and ever. So choose life. And then the final word for the Lord's Prayer is amen. Amen. Let's pray that Lord's Prayer together right now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Thank you once again for joining me on this episode of Storming the Gates. I am hoping, praying, and planning to uh, take this series and turn it into a devotional book, a companion book, so to speak, for this podcast. I've just gotten so much out of planning and preparing these messages for you. So if you want to stay in the know about that, be sure to sign up for my newsletter, and you can do that in the show notes below. I have some great new things coming up. I have another book coming out. I'm going to be sharing some chapters in there. And also, I'm really hoping to get on YouTube coming up soon. We'll see how that goes. Please keep me in prayer. Thank you again for joining me, and God bless you. I'll be taking a semi-break this summer, just showing up periodically with some great guests that we'll be talking about. Uh, you know, for instance, the history of prayer in America, some of his answers to prayer and revivals that took place in America. And of course, we're going to be sharing more about Israel, how to pray for Israel and what God is doing over there. Okay, if you have any other prayer subjects you'd like to hear, please let me know by using one of the links in the show notes to contact me. But in the meantime, have a most blessed summer. Thank you once again for listening to Storming the Gates. Be sure to visit our website at stormingthegates.net. While there, sign up for the newsletter and you'll receive free prayer cards and a Bible study for each episode. Check the show notes for links to items mentioned in today's show. We'll see you here again for the next episode of Storming the Gates, a podcast that celebrates the power of prayer.